Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Between Movements podcast. I'm your host, Josh Vigran. Today, I'm going to be talking about a few musical concepts that I wish I knew when I was younger. I was talking to a couple friends over this week, and with the pandemic and everything, uh, it's caused me to have a lot of time to think, reflect on the past, things that I wish I knew, things that I've grown in over the years especially having turned 30. Now I was thinking, if I could tell myself 10 years ago a few things, what would I tell myself? And I came up with a little bit of a list. So the first concept that I wish I knew is accuracy is not as important as you think. This one applies predominantly, I think, to classical musicians and music majors because there's often a sense that playing exactly what's on the page and having all the right notes and all the right rhythms is the most important thing in the music. Of course, it's important we spend a lot of time trying to get the right notes and rhythms, but that's the the absolute basic. That's like the skeletal structure of the music. And oftentimes, we spend so much time on the accuracy of the notes that we forget to um, make things even musical. So I would I would rather hear performances that have several mistakes in them versus performances that are note perfect and everything sounds kind of monotone. Uh, you can hear this if you listen to recordings of uh, great pianists of the past. Listen to Horowitz, listen to Rubinstein, listen to Argerich, listen to Richter. Many of these pianists, especially in their live performances, had multiple mistakes. But it's not even as noticeable because they had such a clear concept of the music, of the structure of the tone and when they uh, move from one section of the piece to another section of the piece the tone quality is so different the dynamic contrast is so extreme and the phrasing the rhythms are so distinct in what they're trying to communicate not only this but i found that for myself working and paying more attention to the musicality of the piece to that phrasing and structure, to which harmonies do I want to bring out, which line do I want to bring out, which particular note sticks out in a phrase, which chord signifies an important moment. When I think about those things, a lot of the accuracy is addressed. Whereas if you're just trying to learn a series of notes, it can become like trying to learn or memorize text in a language that you don't understand. You can just learn the sounds, but you're not really thinking about any deeper meaning behind what you're doing. And so it actually becomes more difficult and not only difficult when you actually play it, nobody can understand what you're saying because you don't understand what you're saying. So that's number one. Concept number two is sound is more important than you think. Perhaps this matters more because I'm a pianist Even so, I think this applies more broadly and generally to all different kinds of musicians. What I mean by sound is more important than you think. I'm referring primarily to tone, color, and the ability to have different shades of color as you progress through a piece or go from piece to piece or just different sections. The more sound that you have is like having more color for an artist and um, sound and texture and articulation these things all go together to create something unique also another thing that made me realize this is working on pro tools working on logic and digital audio workstations being able to see the waveforms and, and manipulate them 
and realize the big difference between two separate sounds uh, can have a huge impact. A lot of it on the audience can be somewhat subconscious, but I find that people gravitate towards a special kind of sound. Uh, you also hear this in all kinds of genres. You hear it in rock music, you hear it in hip-hop music, where sometimes I can hear one chord, one opening chord, or one or two seconds of a piece, and I know who the artist is because that sound is so unique, the, like the guitar tone or the drum kit or the voice, right? For pianists specifically, we tend to neglect this because the nature of the instrument is such that, you know, you, you play the keys and sound comes out. We don't have to fight to get a sound out of the instrument. However, tone is extremely important still. And the great pianists will always have a nice balance of tone. They'll know how and when and how much to use their pedals. They'll know how to voice one note above the others, how to attack quickly or slowly, how to pull off of the sound. All these things make a huge difference for the music. They make a huge impact on the listeners and they just contribute to being able to play a piece of music effectively and to communicate something individual. I really learned a lot about sound from my professor Nina Lolchuk, who studied at Moscow University. And the emphasis in Russia at the time, I think still somewhat today, but especially back then, was was the importance of sound because of of the great pianists that were coming out of that tradition. Uh, she really forced me to think about the sound of every chord, every note that I played, and, um, you know, work on a single chord or a single note for 10 minutes at a time trying to get the correct sound level that I'm looking for. And um, it's that extra attention to detail going above and beyond, like the extra 5% that the other musicians won't go to just get a uniform sound and to be able to repeat that so that you know exactly what you want to do. It's tempting to just go through the motions and not really think too deeply about the sound, maybe because you're too afraid of messing up, maybe because that's no one ever told it to you, and mostly because if you're not practicing it in the practice rooms, it's definitely not going to come out on stage. So the third thing that I wish I knew as a younger musician is phrasing is more important than you think. We are taught about phrasing, but I think it's somewhat neglected. And I say that because I've seen way too many performances where um, maybe the musician has good sound and good dynamics, but I don't know where all the phrases are going. Being good at phrasing is not just knowing where to crescendo and diminuendo. It's knowing how the phrases fit together to create something cohesive. My professor Gustavo Romero really made this very important point for me uh, over my study with him, is knowing where every single phrase fits within a piece. Sometimes I would play, you know, for several minutes, everything would be going fine, and he'd say, this phrase here and this phrase here, I don't know what you were doing. It sounded the same. Were you trying to go to this point or were you trying to go to that point? Which is the high point? Which is the low point? Is this phrase louder than this phrase? Is this phrase quicker than that phrase? Is this one slower? Are you moving towards the center? Or are you moving towards the end of the phrase? You know, all these questions and asking yourself those questions and addressing those questions forces you to have a degree of clarity. 
When it comes to phrasing, I think this is one area that thankfully classical musicians do focus on more than other musicians because, well, we tend to work in long form pieces, pieces that are 10, 20, 40 minutes long, an hour long. And so knowing those those phrase points, knowing the structure is much more important than if you're working uh, maybe even in a jazz setting or certainly in like a rock or pop setting. However, the phrasing things that I've learned in classical can transfer over to other areas. And it's not just limited to classical. Knowing knowing phrasing can help a lot in pop songs. It can help even in rock music. You listen to great rock songs, especially the longer ones, you know, uh, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Dream Theater, they know how to how to create long phrases and again kind of tell a story through the music. Now the fourth point and the last point that I'll be talking about in this particular episode is that composition is more important than you think. For me personally, it's kind of interesting because I wanted to be a composition major originally. When I went into college, I wanted to be some kind of a film composer or just create different styles of music. And I decided to change my mind after hearing a lot of the music that came out from the composition departments of the various schools that I was applying for and listening to the music of those professors. I think to this day, a lot of composition departments, not all, but but a good percentage of the composition departments tend to produce very academic music, which often to me does not have any relevance to real life scenario and certainly harder to monetize. For example, uh, UNT where I'm currently studying at, I believe this semester or last semester was the first semester that they ever offered digital audio workstations, um, workstation courses. I think it was Logic Pro and I wanna say Cubase or Ableton. And um, I'm really glad that they started that. That's great. I think that's a good thing because that's where the money's at. That's where people are making compositions for films, for TV shows, for video games, for advertisements, working on these kinds of modules. And if you are only learning how to write for an orchestra, learning how to write an opera, learning how to write chamber music, those are sadly not very marketable skills in today's music scene. I think it's important. I think we should know how to do that. And I think you can learn a lot and take the skills that you learn and apply them in better settings. But I think there needs to be more of a focus on what actually works, what can get musicians jobs. So anyways, that's why I, I decided to become a piano major instead. I just thought, you know, this isn't really the kind of music I want to make. And I was getting more into uh, performance, playing piano, so I just decided to go with that route. What I wish I did, though, is I wish I continued composing just kind of on my own time on the side, whether it just be singer-songwriter stuff or trying to compose a sonata or trying to compose an etude. There were pockets throughout the years where I composed something, maybe a a piece or two for church, or I just felt like writing a song on guitar. I wish I'd done a lot more of that because as you write, it forces you to think about music as a composer would think about music. 
And especially when you're writing music down on sheet music, or if you're working on the grid system in a digital audio workstation, you can physically see what you're doing, manipulate the notes up and down. And um, so by doing that, you're always asking yourself, what should I put here? What should come next? Does this make sense? I guess if there's a recurring theme in all of these concepts, it, it has to do with the aspect of music as communication, as trying to say something. And composing is super important because it creates your own voice. What are you trying to say? A lot of the times it just starts off with you trying to mimic other composers or other styles, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that's how we learn. But over time, if you just keep doing it, um, like I start to notice certain modulations that I like, certain dissonances and consonances that I like in, in music that are kind of more and more unique to how, how I see things. And then after composing something and going back, say, to learning a Beethoven or a Chopin or Rachmaninoff or Ravel, you notice the score differently. You understand the score differently because you've been wrestling with these questions of should should I make this a dominant seventh chord? Should I invert the chord? Should I flip it upside down? Should I try this phrase backwards? If you don't ask yourself those questions, music's going to be really boring. So having done that, when you go back and learn as a performer a piece of music, you're noticing the things in the score that the composer does. And there's a particular reason behind why they did that. And um, I find I pick up on those subtleties and those nuances more uh, when I'm actively composing than when I'm not. So anyways, those are just a few thoughts about various musical concepts that I wish I understood better when I was younger. However, I'm glad that I'm learning them. Hopefully you guys get something from this. Hopefully some of this makes sense. As always, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Ask me any questions. I try to respond to all of your questions if I can. And I will catch you on the next episode of Between Movements Podcast.